peace be with you in Jesus' name. We take our journey together to God's holy mountain on this 11th Sunday of Pentecost. The Bible is filled with travelers and pilgrims on all sorts of different kinds of journeys. We are headed toward God. And in his word, God gives us the image of his holy mountain to help us focus our spirit on the journey we are taking toward him. May God bless you with his living and holy spirit as we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And this poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We make our confession to our Heavenly Father. We need you so that we may be at peace and find our way ever closer to you. Forgive us for all that is broken and flawed and sinful in us. I proclaim you who once were strangers of God have now been brought to God's holy mountain by the grace of Jesus Christ. He himself is our peace. Jesus sacrificed himself for us and then was raised for you so that you might be at peace with God and with one another. As a servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, bless us with your living spirit that we may know Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, and that we may follow his steps to your holy mountain through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We turn to God's living word, first from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 66, beginning at verse 18. And I, because of what they have planned and done, am about to come and gather the people of all nations and languages, and they will come 
and they will see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survive to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans and Lydians, to Tubal and Greece, and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations, and they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord on horses and chariots and wagons, on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them as the Israelites bring their grain offerings to the temple of the Lord in clean vessels. And I will select some of them to be priests and Levites, says the Lord. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon down to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, beginning at verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as his own son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who <clears throat> disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble knees and weak arms, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or 
is godless like Esau, who for his single meal sold his inheritant right as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches this mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. No, but instead you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As summer drifts away from us, I hope that you are getting to where you wanted to go. It's a hard time to travel or even be with other people, but still, our loving God has a great adventure for us. God's Word is telling us about a destination we can all reach. God invites us, God beckons us, and he even urges us to set out for his holy mountain. This is the greatest of all journeys, to reach the most exalted and sacred place. The book of Hebrews tells us, our journey is not to a place, not to a mountain that can be touched. Instead, the book tells us we are going to the heavenly Jerusalem. We're going to the city of the living God, to thousands upon thousands of angels. We're going to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. We are going to God, judge of all men. We are going to see Jesus sitting on the throne of God's glory. But hey, this is not just about going to our heavenly home someday. No, in fact, there really is a mountain that, well, you and I could, uh, we could go and get on an airplane, fly over to the Near East and go see a mountain called Mount Zion. A thousand years before the days of Jesus, on top of this dusty, rocky mountain, there was an ancient walled fortress. The people of God, they had traveled across a desert. God had promised them this land and now they had moved forward courageously, making a young 30-year-old man their king, David. David marched an army right to the bottom of this mountain called Zion. He looked up at this old fortress and he announced, this mountain and this city will be mine. David and his army captured the fortress on Mount Zion, and immediately people started saying, the city of David. Well, today we mostly call this place Jerusalem. But nearly for time eternal now, people have said there's something special about that place, Mount Zion, the place where God dwells. Already 3,000 years ago, this city on a mountain seemed to embody and inspire hope. This mountain had some mysterious potential that made it shine and fill the imagination. Psalm 87 sings of its splendor. God has set his foundation on the holy mountain. Yahweh, the Lord, loves the gates of Zion. Well, the more the people of God and their musicians sang of this mountain, 
the bigger the idea of this mountain got. The whole idea of Mount Zion became expanded well beyond just that one rocky hill. They began to sing of the rivers of life that spring up on this mountain and flow down in all directions. There is a river whose streams make glad this city of God, sings Psalm 46. Perhaps no one but God really knew. Why in the world this mountain and this city just sort of felt like a place fit for a king, a holy place, ready to receive the king of kings. And indeed, well, this is the place where our God was going to show himself. So we pick up the story, and Jesus is slowly, day by day, walking his way toward the mountain of Zion. He would walk onto this mountain, and as he went, well, who could keep pace with him? You'd have to run to keep up, I suppose. He was going through towns and villages. He went north, and he went south, and he went north and south. It might have felt like a race of perseverance just to keep up with him. Well, he's the son of the living God. Again and again, he would do the unexpected. He would want to go somewhere or talk to someone that no one else seemed to care about. Jesus would say things that were so amazing things that would inspire his followers to a more lively place. And in Jesus' words in our gospel, he's telling us, he says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Once the door is closed, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, open the door for us. It's almost like Jesus sees a storm coming. It's time to take shelter, he is saying. Shelter in God's house on his holy mountain. Clearly, Jesus sees something that we cannot yet see. He sees a banquet feast in this holy and sacred place, and he wants us to be there with him. If we cannot yet see that, well... The writer of the, writer of the book of Hebrews has really good advice for us. He says, well, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Clearly, our God sees us. However far behind we might be in our race of perseverance, Jesus knows the way for us. He knows how to get us to God's holy mountain. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to complete building this way for us to reach God's holy mountain. 
Jesus can already see himself standing on the ultimate Mount Zion. He can see it as clearly as his youngest disciple, John, describes it to us in the book of Revelation. When John says, and then, and then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and he was standing on Mount Zion. And with him was all those who had his name written on their foreheads. I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like musicians playing their harps. Well, that's quite a description. The city on the hill, the city of our living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Here is Jesus showing us the way. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Are you like me? Uh, I miss the days when, uh, you know, if you were traveling somewhere and you're trying to figure out how you get there, you would take a map out of the glove compartment, you know, and you'd wrestle with the uh, weird and awkward folding of the map. And then you'd sort of just get a sense of how to get there and uh, off you'd go. And now many trips are taken with, I don't know, some kind of computer tracking that uh, just kind of keeps track of the route and tells you where to turn. As soon, they say, the cars will just drive themselves. I don't know about that. But still, if you want to make your journey to God's holy mountain, well, God is telling us we need to be engaged in the journey. He needs our focus. He wants our perseverance. Because this journey is not just about the destination. Our God wants us to be vividly present along the way. The view is great. If we follow his way, he's going to help us shape this journey into something significant, something beautiful. If we're engaged and focused, the twists and turns can produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. Along the way, the choices we make, well, they affirm that indeed, hey, we're being guided by our holy and almighty God. And God will challenge us to see each person along the way of the journey as significant, each place as significant. God wants us to make every effort to be at peace. Taking this journey God will challenge us to think about godly values. Do you remember this story? The writer of the book of Hebrews reminds us of the man named Esau. Esau, this ruddy man who had been out hunting while his 
clever brother Jacob had taken his inheritance. Well, he comes back and um, he immediately is so hungry, he trades all of his godly values just for a pot of stew, some red beans and rice. He trades his inheritance for a full belly. When we feel lost and we feel alone along the way, well, we take heart that God sees us. God fills us with suggestions about what he would value. He's pointing to things along the way. Listening for his spirit, we will always have an idea of how and why we can find our way. Have you ever been on a mountain? Um, mountains, uh, they got to be respected. The weather can change quickly. A sunny day can suddenly become an icy rain. And, well, that's kind of what happened to Jesus. He travels to Mount Zion. And many people were there when he entered to celebrate him as the promised Savior from heaven. A beautiful day. Jesus coming to the holy city, the holy mountain, and anything seemed possible. The lavish promises of God coming true. Like what Isaiah the prophet had said. Never again will there be an infant that lives only a few days. Never again will there be an old man who does not live out his years. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. Well, clearly, just as they had said when David first took this city and captured it. This is a place fit for a king. A king who could handle it even when the storm came. A king who turned the storm to his advantage. Yes, on this holy mountain, Jesus is king. And so the book of Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the son of his victory emerges from the empty tomb. So the book of Hebrews tells us, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Nothing, nothing will stop our God from the joy of welcoming you onto his holy mountain. I can almost hear him. Can you hear him? Say, welcome, you have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God, you've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You've come to the holy sanctuary of those whose names are written in heaven. Let me pray for you that you would be blessed, 
to be on God's holy mountain today and forever. Good Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, we praise you, that you'll bring us onto God's holy mountain, that here we might stay. Bless us on our journey, that our steps may honor you, and our intention always be to draw closer to you. Bless us with your strength and the song of your spirit. In Jesus' name, may we be so blessed. Amen. Would you like to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We worship God with our offering. I invite you to send your offering to our church by mail, or you could make a donation through our website. Thank you. Bless you. Let us pray. O God, our King and Redeemer, we give you all honor, praise, and glory. We thank you that you save us, heal us, and renew us. We worship you for all that you have given and continue to provide. Give to your whole people on earth your light and your truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer for each of us that your Holy Spirit would guide us to share the love and care that you've given us with our family and friends and everyone around us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church around the world, that you would make your house a holy place and sanctuary. May our church be a place of holy peace, a place where hearts are strengthened and souls are nourished. Enable us to be a support for one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Heavenly Father, give leaders wisdom and insightful compassion for all people. We pray for the healing and peace of the nations. 
Bless those who guard and protect and care for us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And Father, we pray for all who call out in need today, that you would surround them with your care, that they would obtain fresh joy in your mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And Lord, we ask your blessing for those we name before you in our hearts. Into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. As Jesus has taught us, we are bold to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For the life-giving presence of Jesus our Lord, we give you thanks and praise. For the glorious hope of the resurrection, we give you thanks and praise. For the opportunity to bless one another with joy and peace, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio service of Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Glen Lake, Minnesota. This podcast features Reverend James Disney with music by Sue Bloom, produced and edited by Amy Munson. If you enjoy listening, we encourage you to visit our website at www.blcmtka.org to learn more about our church and to support this podcast. Blessings upon your week.